This podcast is brought to you by Boarding Schools Expo Australia, your go-to for all you need to know about boarding options for your children. Hello and welcome to Destination Boarding, the podcast for families, parents and children embarking on the journey to boarding school. I'm your host, Lucy Samuels, an ex-boarder from the Western Plains of New South Wales. I'm a journalist, a pilot and an advocate of boarding life regardless of where you live. Whether you live in the middle of our largest cities or on a remote cattle station in the Barclay Tablelands, you'll hear that there's opportunities in boarding for every child. So join me as I chat to some phenomenal graduates, education experts and parents on how boarding life has shaped them into the people they are today. This is truly destination boarding from wherever you call home. Alana Rennie was 13 years old when she left her family farm in Hilston to attend boarding school in Sydney. With aspirations at a young age to work as a corporate lawyer in China and to speak fluent Mandarin, she knew she needed to pack her bags and head to the big smoke. It was at Ascom that Alana excelled, taking up language classes after school hours and going on exchange to China and Argentina gave Alana the skills and confidence to grow her career. Fifteen years later, and time spent abroad attending uni in Beijing, she now works for the global corporate law firm Baker McKenzie as an associate. When COVID-19 hit in 2020, Alana went from working long, long hours in her city office to transitioning back home to the bush, working online from her family farm. Saving herself $400 in rent a week, she tells me she now lives a much more balanced life and she's saving money. Not only does she think her productivity has increased at work, she can also spend more time outdoors helping with her sister's chilli crop and overall is a much happier person. Alana featured on this year's The Bush Summit and if you haven't listened to it, you must. She's a fine example of a young skilled woman reaching her career goals while working in the bush. In this podcast, Alana and I reminisce about our boarding school days. We chat about how lucky we are to be back living in the bush, bringing our skill sets with us. And Alana tells us how boarding school has broadened her horizons and how taking the opportunities to go on exchange really helped her reach the top. Hello, how are you? Hi, Lucy. Well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, really well. How are things in Hilston? Um, yeah, quite, quite good. I spent, um, actually went to Melbourne for the weekend for my cousin's 30th. We oh, did the long drive oh. back yesterday, which is about seven hours. <laughs> oh, good on you. It's a long way, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's a really long way. It was actually like it was in the, um, it was north of Melbourne, not the north, south, in the Mornington Peninsula. Oh. It was even <laughs> Oh, how beautiful. So you didn't catch any of the tennis? No, no. Yeah, avoided the big crowds, but <laughs> I've always wanted to go to the Oz, Oz Open. I haven't had the opportunity yet. Yeah. I mean, we go every year as a family and this year we're kind of like, oh, I don't know if we should risk it with COVID. Um, and then I guess everything's kind of settled down a bit, but would have loved to have been there. Yeah. And it was a beautiful weekend, like sunny 30 plus in Melbourne. So, yeah. Oh, good on you. And you're back at work. So tell us a bit about um, what you do in Hilston. I work at an international law firm, Baker McKenzie. 
Um, and so before the pandemic hit, I was working in Sydney in the mergers and acquisitions team, and I continue to do that today. But then once the pandemic hit, I worked out that like living in a share house in Sydney, working around a kitchen table wasn't quite going to work. So I moved back home. So home is regional New South Wales, near about an hour north of Griffith. That's about an hour, eight hour drive directly west of Sydney. And so like the idea really was originally be like two, two to three weeks coming home until like all the uncertainty with the pandemic ended. But then we're like, I think two years later now, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we would have never, ever expected that. But it's quite crazy because I, like my whole life, I'd always chased a career in the cities, Beijing and also Sydney. Um, so I would have never really thought I'd be back at home and also would have never thought that I'd actually be able to do my job from home. So I think it's been a great thing that's come out of the pandemic is the flexibility. I still do M&A, so we're mostly international deals. A lot of the deals I work on involve like America or Europe. So we'll be on calls really early in the morning or really late at night. And I found it great being home because I've just got so much more flexibility to, to work my life around that. I mean, kind of during your lunch breaks, put a load of washing on, go and play with the dogs. <laughs> oh, how good. I guess you've got the best of both worlds um, living now in uh, regional New South Wales. How are you finding being home? Yeah, it's been great, actually. Um, we live in a property which is about 25 kilometres out of Hilston, which is our closest town. And it's quite funny because I, so myself and my siblings, I've got three siblings, and we all went up to boarding school when we were 13. So it's the first time we've really all been home. And it's been really great because like we, for years we haven't as a family like sat around and had a Sunday roast together. So spending a lot more time with our family has been really nice. I think a big trend that I've also seen is that like a lot of youth coming back to rural Australia. And I think it was it's before the pandemic, it's because agriculture is kind of booming now. So there's a lot more incentive for young kids to come back to family farms um, where they're all selling up a few years ago. So I found that aspect of it really great because there is like a great community of young people around. And so like you've got majority of the Houston Jockey Club Management Committee is now young. You've got the Houston AAA Fleece, which used to be an old BNS. I think the last BNS would have been like 1998. So it's now being resurrected. And it's an <laughs> annual ball that happens. Um, so that, that's been really great. Yeah, just being with yeah, fa- more time with family and friends, avoiding the exorbitant rent in Sydney has been really nice. I've got a positive bank balance, which hasn't happened for years. So yeah, it's kind of like a, it's a bit of a new life for me. And I'm, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Oh, good on you. And I know that you spoke about in the Bush Summit, the incentives um, for the government to make to bring young people back. And I think you're right. Since COVID has happened, I think that's brought to light that you can work from home, you can work remotely and still do just as good as a job as being in the office. It's 100% right. The pandemic's opened up the opportunity for skilled and trained people. And when I say skilled and trained, it's like also you're skilled in different areas. So you like, for instance, law, you've got engineers, people coming home that can now do these jobs and they can also add a lot to the rural communities through their different skills and like, it's also given me the opportunity to become more involved in, in my family business and use my skill set there as well. Yeah. What, um, what, are you, what are you noticing about your friends? Have they all made the transition to the country or are they very city-based? Um, so I've had friends from different walks of life, but I think something I found is 
So I went to university on the Gold Coast and a lot of the girls I went to university there went to like Melbourne or went to Sydney for work. But we found ourselves quite often trying to get like a flight. You'd go home for the weekend and then you'd get on the early flight back to work the next day. So I think there's, there's always been kind of, you've always chased jobs and careers in the cities. But like a big thing is if your family's not from the city, you're kind of detached in a way. So this has given kind of all of those people the opportunity to actually go go back home and, and work from there. Yeah, Eula Border at Ascom, you left when you were 13, didn't you, from your hometown in Hilston to go to boarding school. How has school prepared you for what you're doing now? When you're 13 and you go to boarding school, it really teaches you a sense of independence, stepping outside your comfort zone. For me, I was one of the first kids in my area to go to boarding school, so I knew absolutely no one. So you go there and mum and dad are not there for you. You've got to be your own person and kind of organise yourself as well. And it's funny, like my sister and I always said, when we went to university and went to college, it amazed us that you had these 18-year-old um 18-year-olds that have never, never left home and never let, lived by themselves before. And like all the kind of like little things, like putting their washing on and things, it's like something <laughs> that we just had to always do. Yeah. Um, so I think that really hit home on kind of the skills that you get from going to boarding school. And also, I think like a big thing is it just opens up opportunities. And like living in the country is great. And there's, there's opportunities you get in the country that you would never get in the city. And I would never give up my childhood living until 13 in rural Australia. But there are opportunities you can't get. And so like extracurricular sports, um, music, languages. And one of the the key reasons my parents chose Askin was because it was one of the few schools at that time that offered Mandarin. Um, And so, yeah, so I learned Mandarin and that's really grounded my career to date. I mean, I, after I finished university, I actually went to Beijing and I lived three years over there studying my master's in Chinese law and also Mandarin. So if I had not have spent like eight years studying Mandarin in school, those opportunities would have never happened and my life would have gone in a completely different direction. Um, so I really think it's those things. And another thing is like, there's so many different boarding schools and so many schools offer different things. Like you've got schools that focus more on sports, some more on academics. And then you've got some of the schools where you go out to the bush and live for a year. Um, and so like I thought a big thing for Askin is they've got this Dalton system and it teaches you organisation skills and, and discipline. So you, rather than having um, a full week of classes, you have half the week of classes and the other half is what they call studies. In the study, you have to look at your timetable and be like, what rooms are open? And then you try and work kind of, I need to go and see this teacher. And so you can go to these studies and then get one-on-one with your teacher and complete more the coursework, so your homework. But every Tuesday you get an assignment for every subject and then you have to hand that in the following Tuesday. And so you have to then like sit there on a Tuesday morning and be like, okay, what do I need to do? How long is this assignment going to take? What am I going to need more assistance with? And then you plan your week and you're like, okay, on a Monday I'm going to go see this teacher and do this. So it's a bit similar to university in a way because you have like your instructions, your lection, your lectures, and then kind of you take away and do your own homework. So that's been a really valuable skill. I think myself and, and my siblings as well have really taken away from asking. I know that um, when we went to boarding school, I obviously didn't have quite, you know, that structure. After school, 
you go to your sport activities in the afternoon or music or language or whatever extracurricular activities it may be. And then you go to dinner and then you sit down for two hours and you study. That discipline really pushes you into the next level, preparing you for uni, but also preparing you um, to take on, yeah, your, your profession out in the real world. Mm, yeah, couldn't do, yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. Like, I think the the structure of having prep, doing your homework every night, it's like it just sets you up with the discipline. She's like, okay, I'm gonna have dinner and then I'm gonna sit down for for two hours. Yeah, as much as we hated it at the time. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and probably didn't use it to the best of its advantages. Like, I know we mucked around a bit. But um, anyway. But that's all part of it. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's the fun of boarding, isn't it? Take me back to the first day when your parents told you that you're going to boarding school. So my dad went to boarding school. Um, he was originally from close to Melbourne, only an hour out of Melbourne. And they all went to boarding school when they were like in year nine, year 10. This idea always floated around of going to boarding school. I think my mum wasn't so much of a fan of it. My dad was like, I really need to go. And so quite we were quite different to a lot of other families um, that did go to boarding school because they were like enrolled when they were like they were born and then the next day they were enrolled in boarding school because it's so hard to get in my parents kind of had the epiphany when I was in year eight that they need to start looking for boarding schools and so we did a trip to Sydney and selected about four different schools and had a look at them um, and yeah as I said it was Askham that really stuck out because they did offer Mandarin they actually said we were there and then they got back to my mum a week later and they're like oh someone's dropped out we actually have a spot next year your daughter would like to join which is a miracle and so they were like okay we've got to take this opportunity so I went kind of within three months where I thought I was going in year nine so it happened pretty quickly and then like after that so I was one of the first in the area but now there's like pretty much everyone is going to boarding school it's quite the norm um, and then my siblings all went after me did you have a good high school in Hilston to go to or was it more of the case of, well, look, we're going to send our kids to school because, you know, it's a travel to get to the closest high school or a high school that we think is fit for our child? Yeah, so I think, like, there's nothing wrong with the school in Hilston. Um, we had, we've got two schools. So there's a primary school, which was a like Catholic-based school, and then St. Joseph's, and then there was a public high school. And I think it's really... The, the biggest push for my parents was just more opportunities. So like when I was at school, languages weren't available and like opportunities to go and exchange and as well, like just meet people out of your local community. Like I think something that we also spoke about earlier was like growing up, I was the best at nearly every sport. And I had this idea that I'd be an Olympic swimmer and kind of hit home when I went to ask him and I was like, wow, I'm really not that good. Um, so you kind of get into a new, new caliber, but it's, you do meet people from all over the world. So like living, I boarded with girls from, from Thailand and Malaysia and then kind of you're suddenly socializing with kids that grew up in the city um, and never really been to the country at all. So I think it's more the focus on just broadening your horizons. Yeah, and, and the contacts that you make, you know, now that you're in your career, you'll probably find that you bump into them in random spots. Oh, yeah, you definitely do. Like, even socially in different areas of the world, like in business, there's the kind of girls that I went to school up that have popped up in the weirdest places and, like, useful career-wise and also great from a social perspective. So, yeah, it is really that broadening your network that it gives you as well. 
Yeah, I'd like to, you know, delve into your exchange um, when you went to ASCOM and those opportunities, because it's something that I didn't take on board and that I wish that I did. Can you tell us a bit about um, your exchange um, that you participated in? So I actually had the opportunity to do a few different exchanges. So I did, when I um, went to boarding school, so in year eight, I started learning Mandarin. I got got quite obsessed with it and I because I had to also catch up in a year from year seven. So I was like, I really, and they were like, you've got one semester to catch up. And so I was like, I've got to do this. And I went quite well at it. So my teacher was like, oh, you should go to China and start kind of learning a bit more about the culture. So like at the end of that year, the end of year eight, my teacher had set up a homestay for me to go and live in Xi'an. So it's kind of the, the city of the terracotta warriors in China for three, three weeks. So it was over the summer holidays. And it's amazing I look back on it because I literally like got in a taxi from Askham, went to the international airport at like 14 years old and jumped on this plane to Shanghai. And then I remember when I, I arrived in Shanghai and I was like, I'd missed my flight to Xi'an because of the the gates had changed. It was just something that I didn't really account for. So I had to spend overnight, like 12 hours in the Shanghai airport and I'd like tied my bags onto myself. Like you didn't have iPhones and cellular data back then. So I was freaking out because I'm like, oh, my host family's waiting for me in Xi'an and I can't contact them. So that was an experience in itself. Um, but that was excellent. That was kind of like where China's um, involved, like baptism by fire is kind of fully immersed into the experience um, and for me like at that age I was like this is just completely surreal I found it really cool so that then gave me the motivation to keep learning Chinese and go back over there so I did two other um, homestays throughout my time at Askham in China but I also had the opportunity um, in year 10 so year 10 is where you apply generally to go and exchange programs and there was a few different options you could go to South Africa Scotland if you're learning French you could go to um, Paris and then Argentina was another one I applied to go to Argentina and was lucky enough to get chosen so it was myself a Millie friend another girl but I remember getting the acceptance letter and I was like to this day I was like that was the happiest day in my life getting an exchange I was like this is so exciting was it hard to get into exchange like quite competitive so yeah I think it is quite competitive and that's another thing is it's quite a rigorous process so I think you're about 16 then, but you have to put together your resume, your cover letters, like what you would do to get a job and like, why should I go and exchange? Why should I represent my school? What will I get out of it? And then you do, I think it's a two-stage interview process. So you sit down with the headmistress, you are the teachers, they interview you. And then if you kind of get selected, you go on to the next one. So that process in itself was was a great, a great setup for kind of applying for jobs, et cetera, in the future. Exchange in Argentina, if I remember off the top of my head, it was about two months. Um, and so we sat down and we started learning a bit of um, Spanish before we went. And it was, it was actually quite amazing because so the girl who then came back to Australia, so she had the opportunity to come back and um, live in the boarding house with us. She actually lives in Sydney now. So she moved over to Sydney two years ago. And she's living in Potts Point. So I quite regularly see her, which is really nice. Oh, how cool. Would you encourage young kids, especially from the bush or those who are going to boarding school to uh, um, take the opportunity to apply? 100%, definitely. So I think it's a really great thing to do. And particularly if you're learning a language, the opportunity to go to Paris or China or something to enhance 
enhance the language skills, but also learn something about the culture. And you also like meet all these people. So like, as I said, the, the girl that I went on exchange with, she's back in Australia, but there's actually like four other girls from the school that I went to in Buenos Aires that have moved to Sydney. Um, so you have these lifelong connections, which is really cool. And just broadening your horizons, living in a different culture, it's full immersion. So I would definitely recommend it. And if you don't get on it through the selection process, you can always do it. Like I think there's programs outside of school that offer exchanges that you can apply through um, and then also through university. Now that you look back on boarding school, would you do it again? I definitely would. Like I think it's it's grounded my, my personality and my career into many facets of my life today. So like you get the benefits of the independence and discipline from a young age, the benefits of broadening your horizon and broadening your social network. And I think it just makes you a more all-rounded person because at such a young age, you've like, you've stepped outside your microcosm of your, your local community. So like Houston is a thousand people. And so I lived here till 13, kind of, I knew what happened in Houston. So it was nice to go and do something else. I know that you spoke in the Bush Summit about the affordability of boarding schools nowadays, touching on government incentives to match corporates paying for a child's boarding fees, attracting families to move to the bush and stay in the bush. Can you expand on that for me? Yeah, so like that's the biggest thing is the expense of boarding schools. So I think it ranges, it can range between $30,000 to like $70,000, all inclusive tuition, boarding, and then kind of all the expenses around that. So it's very expensive. And when you're looking at like you've got multiple kids, like four kids, and that really uh, builds up over six years. I've seen kind of in my family's business, it's always been like my dad's always found it really difficult to retain kind of talent managers, skilled people out in the country. And one of the biggest reasons is the limiting factor for their children education wise. And so we've actually found that like you've had families have moved to Hilson and absolutely loved it, but ultimately have left in search of more education opportunities for, for their children. So like moved to the cities and I think like that's where boarding school offers um, a big opportunity. Yeah, so when you go back to the expense of it, where there's actually like there's a, I know that there's businesses that do actually help out and build that into into the salary is boarding school fees. But I think like particularly now when you see all this youth coming back to the country, skilled youth, it's really valuable for for rural Australia to give youth these opportunities and also to on the flip side, then retain people in rural Australia. I think it'd be great if you, the government provided some kind of tax incentive for companies to sponsor kids to go to school or like, for instance, like co-contribution. If an employer contributed X amount, then they match that. I know in the Bush Summit, you spoke really well about, yes, we have attracted and we are attracting people to come here. We've got the jobs, la, la, la. But how do we make them stay? And I guess that is the big question. How, if you're not from a rural community and you haven't really experienced the rural life, how do you make doctors or, you know, um, tradies or whatever it may be, young professionals stay in the country? Yeah, that's so important. And like the tradie shortage in rural Australia is crazy. Like you're waiting, you're on a six month wait list to get electricity or plumbing and things done. And like I think big thing topic of, the bush summit was kind of with the establishment for these solar farms um different kind of clean energy schemes there are a lot of 
school people in the country right now, but like kind of rule Australia's booming bust and it really follows agriculture. So again, agriculture's booming, so is rural Australia. But you need the infrastructure such as internet and other things to to keep people here and and education is a, a really big part of that. Yeah, and I know that you spoke about internet as well, which has been, you know. <laughs> um, it's the biggest thing. When I first came back and I was working here, I could not work from home. So I'd go into the local library and I'd work in there until it closed. Um, but like I spent, I went through countless service providers and networks and spent like countless hours troubleshooting internet problems on the phone with these network providers um it's just it's ridiculous like you think there's actually there's businesses that have to operate here and like wait for their emails to load for five minutes it just doesn't work what's some advice for a young person looking at embarking on that journey to boarding school um like I think my biggest thing is like take all the opportunities you can possibly have and if it doesn't work out you can always go home And I think like apply for scholarships as well. This is something you mentioned earlier. It's like there are so many scholarships out there and people just don't know about them. And also you think, oh, I won't get it, but you're not going to get anything unless you apply for it. So um, yeah, I'd say dive in, get as much experience as you can. Awesome. Well, thanks for chatting with us. I really appreciate it. And how cool that, you know, we've got young professionals coming back to live in the bush. It really is the best, isn't it? We get the best of both worlds. Oh, couldn't agree more. (laughs) No, good on you. Thanks so much. Excellent. No worries. Thank you. It's good to chat. Thank you for listening to Destination Boarding, brought to you by Boarding Schools Expo and hosted by me, Lucy Samuels. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends, follow, rate and review. Catch you next time.